Hello, and welcome to Fidelity Connects, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast connecting you to the world of investing and helping you stay ahead. Joining the podcast today is Director of Emerging Technologies, John Bradley, to discuss the evolution of AI and how it might be used to enhance various economic sectors. John explains that emerging technologies represent a competitive advantage for businesses and says that AI has been particularly helpful in places like the logistics industry, where it has the capability to forecast supply chains and recommend optimized routes. Turning to the uncertainty felt by many about emerging digital tools like ChatGPT, John says that it pays to be cautious when adopting new technology, especially given the possibility of increased regulatory oversight in the future. This podcast was recorded on June 29, 2023. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Fidelity Investments Canada, ULC, or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Read a fund's prospectus before investing. Funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. Fees, expenses, and commissions are all associated with fund investments. John, thanks for being here. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's just start off maybe giving a bit of context as to what you do. I don't know if uh, a lot of people know that Fidelity has a director of emerging technologies. What is that? Sure, sure. It's probably one of the most common questions I get every day. So in terms of the emerging technologies team, the easiest way I like to describe it is we act as internal technology consultants. So what that translates into is scanning the technology landscape, trying to identify the latest and greatest technology, understand that technology and figure out how we can use it to benefit our clients and our internal employees. That's great. I, I, why, why is that important for Fidelity? Just before we get into the other stuff, um, you know, why is that something that Fidelity has been interested in doing? Uh, we're interested in doing that because technology represents a competitive advantage. And so we want to make sure that we're on top of all of these trends in order to take advantage of them and keep us ahead in the industry because, you know, it's a dynamic landscape and every little advantage counts. And that's what we're trying to do with you know, staying on top of emerging technology and leveraging it whenever possible. Great. Um, so let's talk about AI and maybe exactly what it is. I, you know, it, it wasn't long ago, ChatGPT hit the news. I, I It felt like it came out of nowhere. And, you know, and I watched this stuff too. And, and to me, it also felt like it came out of nowhere. I mean, it, it didn't really, but maybe give us a bit of history of AI and, and, and what it is exactly, just so we know what we're talking about. Sure. You know, for the purposes of, of this conversation, I want to try and keep it high level, you know, to set a foundation. So when we're talking about artificial intelligence, what we're really talking about is an umbrella term that uh, contains uh, multiple different disciplines, but at, at its core, what it really is is computer programs that are trying to replicate some aspect of human intelligence. And so a few examples of that could be translating um, language from, from one language to the next, identifying an image in a picture, uh, or you know, additionally trying to make some type of rec recommendation. So what we're trying to do with AI and what AI is, is trying to replicate human-like intelligence uh, through automated processes and computer programs. 
And AI isn't new. It's been, it has been around for a while, yes? Yeah, it, it's been around for, you know, 30 years and even the concept of artificial intelligence. So, it, you know, even though there's been a lot of it that's hit the media recently, it's, it's kind of yeah, been around for quite some time and it's a well understood concept. Can you just talk about maybe how other industries have incorporated AI? What are some interesting case studies that you've seen, you know, out in the world? Sure, sure. I mean, uh, artificial intelligence, you know, whether we appreciate it or not or recognize it or not, we're using it every day. So a few famous examples that I, I feel like most of us are familiar with is when you go to Amazon and you, you're looking for something, it'll recommend other products uh, along the bottom. That's a form of artificial intelligence in the fact that it's recommending something else for you to buy. Another thing is, you know, if you're, you're out on vacation in the summer and you're using your iPhone, you're taking a bunch of pictures, you look at the pictures, it'll start to classify uh, various images together. It'll say, well, this looks like a car, this looks like a horse. That's another kind of form of artificial intelligence and image recognition. And, and those are things we're exposed to every day. So that's day-to-day -day usage. From a, a separate industry perspective, uh, the logistics industry is a, is a big uh, user of artificial intelligence from forecasting supply chains to recommending uh, optimized routes to make sure that your, your Amazon product gets to you as fast as possible. And then one kind of final example in terms of a separate industry um, that is leveraging artificial intelligence in a significant way is the healthcare industry. So the healthcare industry is using artificial intelligence to help identify potential new uh, pharmaceutical drugs to help cure various diseases, as well as to identify certain things like uh, within x-rays. So various kind of uh, anomalies that should be investigated more. So artificial intelligence is kind of used across broad industries and, and there's many more examples that uh, that we could touch on yeah i do in healthcare there's, there has been a lot of sort of the drug discovery trying to find all these yeah. different combinations that don't exist that humans can't process themselves and and i guess maybe maybe on that just the data part of it i mean is ai really yeah. uh i guess um it collects tons of data and can analyze things in a way humans can't is that is that fair to say yeah, that's where a lot of the power comes from in artificial intelligence is its ability to recognize patterns within massive amounts of data. And I think one thing that's on top of a lot of people's minds these days is ChatGPT, its ability to kind of understand natural language and generate content in a similar format. And the way that it's been able to do that is it's been trained on nearly half a trillion data points, which is, you know, a massive amount of data. And with all of that data being fed through a chat GPT, it has the ability to start recognize patterns. And it's the patterns in that data that allows it to generate the content that seems so lifelike and natural in terms of conversation and the ability to understand what we're asking. How, how would you describe ChatGPT? Because I've seen it as a, you know, a glorified Google search engine or, you know, something that's going to dramatically change the way people work. How would you define uh, or, or talk about ChatGPT? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a very common question. And in terms of ChatGPT, again, just to keep it high level, I would describe it as a piece of software that is really un good at understanding natural language. So, you know, the conversational language that you, are, you and I are having right now, it's really good at understanding natural language. And then based on that, it's understanding, it's really good at generating content uh, in a similar format. Uh, so it's, it's good at understanding language and generating content you know, uh, to a specific format. The way that it compares against, say, something like uh, Google search, 
Google, you know, you type in, you're looking for something, it'll understand what you're asking it, but then it just provides you kind of a list of websites where the information you're looking for might be found. Whereas ChatGPT takes it a step further, not only does it kind of identify, you know, the various topics that you might be interested, it tries to give you the specific answer to your question. So their ChatGPT takes it a step further than say Google, uh, a Google search will. Just with AI, machine learning often goes hand in hand. Um, yeah. And so people here might have seen that term as well. What is machine learning? So just to make the distinction, artificial intelligence is the kind of umbrella term. Machine learning fits under that umbrella as a particular type of machine learning. And machine learning is simply feeding data into an algorithm. Uh, and then annotating the data and making sure that the patterns are recognized and then the out, trying to reach a particular output or outcome. So machine learning is just a mechanized way of feeding data in in order to make a prediction and then iterating, iterating over those predictions to improve the outcome. Does, so with, with ChatCBG, is it, so it's not just, yeah, as you said, it's sort of spitting out or... Uh, conversational uh, language, um, things that maybe people are looking for, but it's, it's also learning based on the requests. And, and, and is that how kind of AI gets better? Uh, the more data it feeds into, the more questions people are asking, and it's sort of learning as it goes. Yeah, you, you're, you're absolutely right. So the kind of feedback me mechanism or the learning component is what differentiates artificial intelligence from a traditional computer program. With a traditional computer program, once you've kind of set it up, um, there's no changing the outcomes. So if I want to uh, write an email, I'm going to kind of send that email. It doesn't change regardless of the content of the email. But with something like artificial intelligence, the output and my response to that output feeds back into the system. So it continues to learn over time with new data that is kind of incorporated into the system. As, as you said, uh, AI has been around for a while. ChatGPT does feel like something new, um, but what is the evolution here? And if we use a baseball analogy, you know, for innings, where are we? I would say, I mean, there's a spectrum of beliefs. So uh, I would say we're probably in the fourth or fifth inning. Um, artificial intelligence has been called kind of the fourth industrial revolution. But uh, so, you know, fourth inning in terms of uh, industrial revolutions go. But there's still a long way to go in terms of what can be done with artificial intelligence. Um, right now, it's good for specific use cases, but there isn't generalized kind of broad-based, you know, intelligence, uh, artificial intelligence that can do everything that we want it to do, and it doesn't have autonomy. So there's still a long way to go for that. But we are at a certain point where it really is delivering value um, that we can take advantage of. So there's there's still a few more innings to go before we kind of hit the the peak of artificial intelligence, I think. Just more generally, just how um, AI can help our daily activities in the future. So if you look at maybe, I mean, you mentioned some things, but what maybe just a few more examples of kind of use cases today and where could that go um, in the future? Sure. So, uh, you know, a, a few use cases from my own team that we're using ChatGPT and artificial intelligence to kind of assist us with. One is content creation. So a big component of the emerging technologies team is doing emerging technologies research. And with all of the data that's flying around these days, it's hard for any one individual to stay on top of that. So what we're able to do with artificial intelligence uh, and ChatGPT is we've set up an automated pipeline that scans all of the digital media that's out there 
And then we're able to use ChatGPT to summarize that information into an executive summary uh, bullet points. And then what we can do from there is use it to generate content. So that could be internal content. We could ask ChatGPT to put that into an email so that we can distribute it internally. Additionally, we could use a different form of artificial intelligence that is text-to-speech. So we can take the ChatGPT content, uh, use the text-to-speech algorithm, and then we have a podcast. And then maybe a bit farther down the road, we could generate images using artificial intelligence and, and uh, similar types of generative AI. So now we have a webcast uh, or we have other forms of content. So that's one specific kind of example that I'm excited about. But additionally, we could look at more full-scale automation. So end-to-end -end pipeline, um, managing different kind of uh, requests or tasks. We could look at applying artificial intelligence kind of across the board. I, I am particularly interested in, interested in content creation as a journalist myself, and I I just I wonder how do you uh, how, what do you do for quality control? So you bring all this stuff in, and it comes out. And you want to put it in an email. What's sort of the step between okay, ChatGPT is outputting this to actually this is something I can send out to clients or to advisors? Yeah, I, that's a great question. Uh, one thing that that some people might not be aware of is when ChatGPT generates content, there's no internal validation mechanism. So what you would have to do, at least as of now, is that you'd want to be able to check it over, read it over, give it a sanity check, do some QA before you actually send out the final product, whether that be internally or externally. So there would have to be a process in place for actual, you know, human in the loop uh, review before something gets released. And kind of tying it back to the earlier point, you know, where does it go from here? Once, uh, you know, internal validation mechanisms are added into things like ChatGPT, you might be able to kind of skip that initial step. You'd still want to be monitoring it uh, just for the sake of, of business continuity reasons, but you could go fully automated kind of somewhere down the line. It just doesn't exist right now. And then just on the, you mentioned creating these summaries from different reports. Are you yeah. feeding that into ChatGPT or, uh, or are you asking it to kind of find stuff out there? How do you actually get those summaries um, in the first place? You can do both. So in terms of um, what we're doing specifically in the emerging tech team is we've set up an automation to scan all of digital media, social media, whatever we can publicly availably get access to. So we've set up a pipeline that we then feed into ChatGPT in order to help us summarize all of that information into kind of executive bullet points. So that is kind of our preferred method uh, because that incorporates kind of up-to-date information one, an additional thing people should be aware of is that if you're using the web-based version of ChatGPT, the free version, it's frozen at a point in time, which is late 2021. So you might not necessarily get the most accurate data if you're solely relying on the ChatGPT Chat database. So um, in order to generate content, we set up a pipeline to feed into ChatGPT, but then using you know, that complements what's in the database of ChatGPT already in order to give us kind of the most accurate and efficient product. That's a good point. And just maybe like, a, I guess, a tip for advisors too, who may be interested in using this for their own communications. Just talk a bit about, uh, I think we should just talk about those links. Like, you know, when they generate uh, sources, it's not, doesn't seem to be accurate. They're kind of making these sources up, which not everyone knows about until maybe too late. Yeah, yeah. So as it stands right now, like I was saying, there's no internal validation mechanism, kind of the goal of ChatGPT is generate an output. It doesn't know whether that output is correct or incorrect. So you want to take kind of, uh, you want to take appropriate steps to validate it. And 
I, uh, something that hit the news recently that is kind of speaks to this point is there was a few lawyers in New York who were filing a lawsuit in court that used ChatGPT to ask to cite sources in terms of legal cases. When they finally got to court, uh, they found out that the legal cases never actually existed. And mm -hmm. so they ended up being fined $5,000 a piece because they were using ChatGPT to do kind of their, their filing work. So, you know, that's where it stands right now. And that's kind of a lesson that, you know, ChatGPT has a lot of benefits, but we need to be aware of kind of its strong points and its weaknesses in terms of kind of the validation side of it. Bottom line, make sure you talk to your dealer, I guess, before sending anything out, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, we got to talk about, uh, you know, the, the elephant in the room here a little bit, the uncertainty around AI. Uh, you know, people are, it's, it's new, people are uncomfortable a bit about it. Um, there's some risk there. What, what, what do you make of kind of that uncertainty and, uh, and, and sort of the way people are feeling about it, whether, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the, is it going to be Terminator or what's going to, what's going to happen in the future? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's a reasonable approach or a reasonable feeling to be a bit concerned about something that's new, uh, especially when we're talking about ChatGPT, it's been all over the news and, and so much has been said about it. And it really kind of falls down to a spectrum of beliefs. There's there's people who think it's the next best thing, uh, you know, greatest thing since sliced bread. And then there's people who think, you know, it's it's this kind of evil. Where we fall is somewhere in the middle, where we think there's opportunities that exist, um, but we also want to be cautious when adopting something new because ultimately, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to come into play in terms of leveraging this type of technology, um, and so it, it pays to be cautious. Uh, for example, you know, it's great to experiment now, but there are inherent risks and you want to protect against those risks. And there's also going to be regulation that's coming down the pipe. So we want to be cautious in terms of putting all our eggs in one basket, because if the government of Canada comes in and says, well, we're going to restrict use cases for particular applications of ChatGPT, then that could cause, cause uh, issues as well. So Yeah, and I was just going to ask about that, uh, the regulation side. If you're seeing anything, even, even from other countries, um, have they stepped in and done anything? What are, what do you see? What are you seeing on that front? Yeah, again, I think there's kind of a spectrum of outcomes in terms of how various countries are regulating ChatGPT and associated large language models. Kind of on the extreme um, restricted restricted side, Italy actually bans ChatGPT outright um, due to kind of privacy concerns and data loss uh, prevention. Uh, on the other side, you're seeing uh, you know countries like the US who are taking a more measured approach just to make sure they see the advantages there, the benefits that it could have for, for business. And they're just trying to act more cautiously. From a Canadian perspective, uh, the Canadian government is looking into how best to regulate this kind of new technology. So um, in, the next, uh, in the next couple of years, what we're going to see is an act called the AI and Data Act um, put forward by the government that is looking to regulate you know, how do we use ChatGPT, how do we use AI and what is the best way to govern it? And, you know, included in that regulation is going to be, you know, audit and compliance responsibilities, various use cases, certain restrictions. So it pays to be aware um, of kind of the evolving regulatory landscape. Canada falls somewhere in the middle. We haven't completely banned it like Italy, but uh, I don't think uh, there's an appetite to completely say, you know, go ahead and use it um, no matter kind of what the cost is. Let's talk a bit about, I mean, you talked about how 
Fidelity is using it, but what about advisors in general? I mean, is this a tool that could enhance their business? How do you see advisors using AI and ChatGPT? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, similar to our own use cases uh, within Fidelity, I could see advisors using ChatGPT in order to help automate more complex processes that you know used to take a lot of time. Uh, one key example that I had mentioned before is you know staying on top of the news, being aware of you know late breaking uh, kind of information. So by setting up a a kind of uh, a web scraper or using ChatGPT to consolidate all of the information floating out there. In the, into executive bullet points, that allows them to kind of stay on top of the news and have the most relevant conversations uh, they can with their clients. In addition to that, after they've had those conversations, they could also use ChatGPT to generate content at scale. So that consolidated information that they're using in conversations, they could also then use ChatGPT to create content, potentially posting on their website or distributing to other clients that they hadn't had conversations with. Um, and then finally, another interesting application could be user experience improvement. So integrating ChatGPT into their website in order to make it find easier to find information and generally easier to use. Also integrating things like ChatGPT into say, uh, user tools or customer tools, again, just to improve user experience. And just another reminder, talk to your dealer if you have questions. Um, <laughs> talk to your dealer if you have questions. Thank you. And, and okay, so, I mean, it, it's coming at an interesting time in that there is this movement, you know, this idea, this push sort of for, for advisors to offer more holistic planning, build relationships. It's not just about investing. It's not about, yeah. you know, the the day-to-day -day work. It's it's this, you know, long-term relationship building. So yeah. do you see um, these kinds of tools freeing up advisor time to do that other kind of relationship work. Absolutely, absolutely. The ability to automate, you know, more complex labor intensive tasks with something like ChatGPT um, should definitely free up advisors to have more of that kind of, uh, to improve the relationship, build a better relationship because they have more time to focus on their clients. And as opposed to previously, if they had to do a lot of manual sifting of data, drafting emails, creating content, that's obviously very important stuff, but it's time consuming. If you're able to get rid of that, or at least reduce the amount of effort there using ChatGPT, then that means that you have much more time to kind of focus on your existing clients, build better relationships, potentially even find new clients with the additional time that you have. Just, you know, technology in general is really changing, not, not even just AI, um, the way advisors can use different technologies. Uh, are we in, uh, you know, I, I don't know, a golden age of uh, financial technology here a bit that, that can, advisors can really take advantage, whether it's, uh, you know, financial planning software or what we're talking about? How would you kind of describe the landscape for advisors? I, I, would, I would say that we are just because we're so interconnected these days, you know, with, with the various forms of communication and all the automation that exists. The ability to kind of better understand your clients via kind of additional data sources and the ability to kind of customize how you interact with them with these new softwares. Um, it feels like it is a golden age because so much of the kind of administrative work has been offloaded into these new tools. So then you can focus on the relationship, have a better understanding of what your client needs when they want it and you can deliver it to them kind of on time, wherever they are. So it seems like it is a great time for, you know, financial services uh, technology. 
Um, and and just back back to ChatGPT. So someone's uh, listening to our conversation today, and they say, I, "I'm I'm interested in trying to incorporate this." Are there is this is this something they can start using now, or um, or or does it take some time? I mean, how would you integrate this today? Uh, I would say, you know, again, putting the caveat first is, you know, talk to your dealer and understand, the, you know, all of the kind of regulatory and risk audit compliance. Uh, responsibilities and obligations that you have, but this is something that you could start experimenting with today. Um, obviously stated previously, there is kind of a free uh, web-based version um, that you could go and start kind of just seeing kind of some of the outputs or some of the possibilities that exist. Again, just be cautious when using that because the data that you put into the free version uh, can be used for additional training for ChatGPT. So it's not going to be private or secure. Uh, and then from a from a kind of longer term version or from a more advanced version, you can actually start getting into using the API, which will allow you to code uh, various um, ChatGPT applications and start building more complex processes with ChatGPT integrated. And, you know, at the beginning, we were sort of talking about different AI uses. We've talked a lot about ChatGPT. Um, and so I don't want it to think that ChatGPT is the only thing for AI. Are there other tools that you see coming up or other ways that maybe aren't ChatGPT related, but just AI kind of in the future that could help the financial services industry or advisors or things to just keep in mind? Yeah, so that's a good point. So we've been talking a lot about ChatGPT, but there are other similar technologies that are out there. So ChatGPT is created by OpenAI, but it seems like almost every major technology vendor has their own flavor of a large language model these days that they're trying to integrate into their products. So it's worthwhile to explore that landscape and, and find out what one of those language models is kind of best suited to you. Outside of that, what we're seeing is, you know, artificial intelligence integrated into various other forms of tools that we use every day. So Microsoft Office is a perfect example. Um, when you're making a PowerPoint, it'll recommend kind of images that might, might be the most impactful. If you're writing an email, it might kind of auto-complete for you. Um, you know, if you're looking for something in Gmail, it might say, oh, here it is, or remind you that you need to follow up with somebody. So there are definitely kind of multiple applications of AI outside of large language models that uh, are definitely relevant today. Is there anywhere that you would recommend that advisors can learn a bit more about this? Um, it's, it feels like something, you know, you got to stay a little bit on top of. It's it's coming fast. What if someone wanted to learn more? Um, I guess they could go to ChatGPT and ask, what do I need to know about AI? But anywhere that you have sources that are interesting that people can look at. Yeah, if you have access to uh, kind of thought leadership pieces, if you use Gartner, uh, if you have access to Gartner, if you have access to Forrester, those are kind of paid subscriptions where they really do a deep dive in terms of um, kind of what the technology is and, and how you might be able to apply it. However, if you don't have access to those sources, you know, the New York Times is a great uh, source for kind of information. The major publications have done a really good job in trying to explain a lot of the, the kind of um, the advances in artificial intelligence. I honestly think, you know, also Wikipedia, you know, they, they do a great job in kind of laying the foundation. Um, but a Google search seems to be the best way, you know, to get started. And then once you kind of get a broad understanding of the topic, then you can start to drill down and look at more kind of technical resources. And just you mentioned, yeah, uh, PowerPoint, Microsoft Word, it does feel like sort of every day there's a new feature that uh, it is coming kind of uh, to you, even if yeah. you're not going to it. Um, and so 
do you expect advisors and and you know anyone else really to just start interacting with this on more of a daily basis as things get more integrated into the applications we're using regularly? Definitely, definitely. So Microsoft uh, has invested in, in OpenAI uh, with the intention of taking ChatGPT features and functions and integrating them into their kind of product suite. So you may not even realize it, and you know, in the short to medium term future, you'll be using ChatGPT, uh, but it might not kind of jump out at you and say, hey, this is ChatGPT. It might just, you might just find kind of one day, uh, you know, Microsoft Bing is doing a better job at, you know, at finding what you want on the internet, or, um, you know, say Outlook is doing a better job at auto-completing the email that you're writing, or, or the document you're creating in Word is now kind of writing entire paragraphs for you. So it's definitely coming. It's definitely going to be integrated in, in kind of the products that you're using today, but it might not jump out at you and say, this is ChatGPT. You'll just have a better user experience. And you could probably make a good educated guess that behind the scenes it's ChatGPT or something similar. Maybe just last question. You're talking to a lot of different people about AI all the time. Um, any other key questions that come up that people ask you, maybe that we haven't talked about on the on the webcast that would be uh, you know worth worth ending this off on? I, I think really, you know, the main question we get is just how do you use it? And I think there's there's no kind of definitive answer. There's so many different applications with artificial intelligence and, and ChatGPT in general. It's worthwhile kind of looking around at your day-to-day -day tasks and thinking about, you know, what you're doing in the context of can this be automated? Could I use ChatGPT or some technology to help kind of improve this experience? And then once you start kind of looking at the world around you and with this understanding of what technology the technology is and what ChatGPT is, it'll kind of open up a world of opportunities. And I would just encourage people to kind of explore those opportunities um, as well as talk to your dealer before you do anything uh, crazy. But uh, yeah, I would just say kind of look around with the understanding of what, what AI can do and, and start to explore and experiment. Great. I will leave it there. We could have titled this Talk to Your Dealer, but uh, uh, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll have more conversations on this as things progress. It was a great chat um, and thanks for being here. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Fidelity Connects podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to Fidelity Connects on your podcast platform of choice. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a review or a five-star rating. Fidelity mutual funds and ETFs are available by working with a financial advisor or through an online brokerage account. Visit fidelity.ca slash how to buy for more information. While visiting fidelity.ca, you can also find information on future live webcasts. And don't forget to follow Fidelity Canada on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thanks again. See you next time.